eat a good meal. Eat local. Find your favorite dish. You're free to treat yourself. If you can ride a bike, ride 20 miles. Ride 50. No, 100. Wait, can you do that? Huh, I guess so. You're free to push your limits. You're free to shoot. Free to go on a shoot. You're free to study. Free to play. Free to serve. You're free to do whatever it is that makes you, you. You are free to join a small group. Head to the website for more information. Regardless of your present circumstance, God wants to bless you. Whether you are overwhelmed with abundance or struggling in scarcity, God wants to bless you. Whether you are vocationally satisfied or still discovering your purpose, God wants to bless you. Whether you are holistic and healthy or spiritually sick, God wants to bless you and bless the world through you. God has called us on an adventure to receive and give his blessing. Will you step out and follow his lead? Will you join this journey to extravagant blessing? All right, good morning. What are you? How are you guys doing? Oh, come on, let's wake ourselves up a little bit. That was a great worship set, wasn't it? Right? Man, I feel the Spirit of the Lord moving in this house. So one more time, good morning. Good morning. All right. How do you know it's a good morning? Because you're up, you're awake, you're breathing, you're alive. So it's a good morning, right? And so every day above ground is a good day, right? And so it's so good to be with you guys again. It's been a minute since I've been here. And, um, and so... Uh, I know my, my good friend, your, your pastor, Jason Bentley, is out in California, uh, not here today, and so we're, we're missing him. I'm going to be here, though, with my family, and uh, the rest of the Bentley family is here as well, so aren't you glad for your pastor and his family? Let's give it up for them, all right? Woo. So, uh, I get to end a series. I think the last time I spoke here, I got to start a series and so uh, I'm making full circle here, just a different series. So uh, this is uh, the, la the last week of Count Your Blessings. And, and isn't it amazing that we are a blessed people, no matter what? And, and it, is, it is true that no matter who you talk to in life, you can get a different take from them. You can get a, a different take from the guy who literally has nothing or the gal who literally has hardly anything in, in retrospect, but they look at the right things in their life. If we looked at them, they'd say, man, they've got some things going on. But to talk to them, you may not ever, ever know it because they don't focus on that. And, and the same thing, you talk to someone who seems like they have everything and all they can talk about is how bad things are. So it's up to us really to count our blessings. Um, and so we're, we're, we're glad to know that God is a God that wants to bless you. And so I wanna, I'm going to start here in a minute with a, a, a video, but I want to pray over us real quick to receive this word uh, and, and not just receive it. The Bible says not to be just hearers of the word, but to be what? Doers of the word as well. And what does that mean? It means you take it and you apply it. You take it and you apply. You don't just you don't just take it home. Like you ever had something in your garage that you bought to redo something? Like you're gonna paint a room or you're going to and, and you literally you went and spent the money 
to get it, and it's just been sitting there. It hasn't had, you didn't apply it. So, you know, when you get a word in your life, uh, and you hear a sermon, or you hear a word from the Lord, and you don't do anything with it, it's just like that. It's just sitting dormant, does you no good. So you've got to hear it and receive it and apply it in your life. But let's, let's pray over this word before we go into it. Father, we thank you for your grace, your mercy, and your blessings. I pray that we receive your word in abundance today, that we would just be not a hearer, but a, a doer as well, and apply your word to our life. In the name of Jesus, we pray this over all of us in Jesus' name. Everyone said in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. All right, so I'm going to play a video really quick that kind of, it, it does a little bit of a, an example of us having some unintentional blindness, unintentional blindness. And so, and sometimes we have that in life, right? Sometimes we just don't see some things. And so there's a video here, I'm going to play it. There's two teams of people pass a ball back and forth. You're going to be able to ask, uh, you're going to be asked to count the number of times the ball is passed back and forth between the people wearing white shirts. <clears throat> if you've seen this video before, I, I don't know. You may have or not. But it's a test on kind of your focus. And so don't, don't give your neighbor the answer if you've already seen this. We're going to play this. Just uh, go ahead and watch this and just kind of focus on it. So This is an awareness test. How many passes does the team in white make? is 13. But did you see the moonwalking bear? <laughs> so just just real quickly, how many of you seen that the first time? All right. Probably not everybody, right? How many of you seen it the very first time? How many of you did not see it the first time? Right. And so, like, you had to watch that thing a couple times before you seen it. Why? Because of what you're focusing on. And so this uh, video was produced by a gentleman named Daniel Simons, and he was investigating a phenomenon that we have in our society, in our families, in our personal lives, called sustained, unintentional Blindness. In other words, things that are right in front of you and you just don't see it. You don't see it. It's unintentional. And one of the things that he learned was that what we see only what we focus on. No matter what's in front of us, seeing something is actually very difficult because you have to actually focus on something to actually perceive it in your mind. For it to actually to, to take, uh, 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 I guess, precedent in your mind and you to pay attention to it. And so I want to talk today about how we kind of walk through life with that same unintentional blindness, how we forget to count our blessing and how we as disciples, we should practice the discipline of counting our blessing. And this is how, you know, we actually receive blessing in our life and how we're blessed to others. Because it's hard to be blessed by someone. Have you ever been around someone who just complains about everything? And you're looking at their life thinking, man, you've got some good things going on. And you walk away from that conversation feeling a little frustrated, feeling a little irritated. You ever had that happen before? And so in order to have 
actually receive and, and fulfill the blessings in your life or to really live the blessings, you've got to focus on the blessings. But beyond that, when you do that, you start blessing other people by what you're focusing on. What you focus on will affect you. It'll affect your family as well. One aspect of what it means to be blessed is to see the blessings we already have and to be grateful. Everybody say grateful. Be grateful. Be thankful for them. Be thankful. And so, you know, a lot of times we get stressed and have anxiety, and I heard something here recently that there's a study, a scientific study that shows that the same part of your brain that processes anxiety and depression is the same exact part of your brain that processes Thanksgiving, that you give Thanksgiving at. And it's pretty much impossible to have Thanksgiving and be anxious at the same time. And since, therefore, they're the same part of the brain, it's a good practice that we practice giving thanks and being thankful for things. It will X out or get rid of some of the anxiety that some of us do, do, do have, and, and, and it takes over our lives sometimes. And so we've got to focus on our blessing, being grateful. And sometimes that's hard to do, right? There's a lot of distracting things going on in our lives. Anybody agree with me on that? Do you have some distractions going? on? Like, you know, just take your work, your job, for example. Anybody remember back when you first got the job you presently have? Were, were any of you excited, by the way, the first day on the job? Was anybody? Yeah, he's, he's, he's kind of, sort of, maybe. You know, so how long does that excitement last? Right? Right? I mean, it's just human nature. And somewhere along the way, we get excited about a job, like a new career, like, boom, baby, I'm going to crush it. And even if we're doing good in that said career, what do we do? We pick it apart. We have distractions. Things distract us from why we were grateful in the first place. Right? And so we've got distracting things. Things that are like a dancing bear right in front of us and we just miss it because we're focused on everything else and we have unintentional blindness. And Jesus taught his disciples this. He said that there's a certain things that he would hide from people if they were not willing to pay full attention. Specifically when he asked them why he told them so many parables. He said in Matthew 13 and 13, he said this. This is NIV version. This is why I speak to them in parables. Though seeing, they do not see. Though hearing, they do not hear or understand. But blessed are your eyes because they see and your ears because they hear. They don't just view something, but it actually it comes in, it, it, it takes precedence inside of your life. Jesus told parables to reveal truths to those who would really pay attention and to conceal those truth to those who were not willing to pay attention to him. It's important that we pay attention to what's going on and what God is saying in our lives, that we're listening, not just showing up, but actually listening to what God has in our life. And I'll submit to you today, one of the most important blessings that you have in your life are your eyes and your ears. Now, I'm not just talking about the actual physical parts of them, but actually the, the, the hearing and the seeing, what it does to your life. Because one person can hear something and it not affect them. 
and the other person beside them can hear the same exact thing and it just take up just just a, a huge note in their life and change their life. It changed their life. You see, it's not all about what's said. It's about how it's received. It's just like when you plant. Anybody ever planted a, a garden in here? Yep. So there's a parable in the Bible about planting, right? And there were some seeds that were thrown, thrown on uh, uh, stony ground and some thorny ground. What was the difference? Was it the planter? No, same. Was it the actual seed? No, it was the same. But it was how it was received. And so what we do in our life is really based on how we receive, what we pay attention to, what we focus on. I challenge you to look back at some things in your life. What are you focusing on? What are you paying? What are you allowing to take up residence in your life? Sometimes we let things live rent-free in our head that shouldn't be there. And sometimes we block some things that should be there, right? So we have to really pay attention to what we're paying attention to. And so our ears and our eyes, they're receptacles of blessings if we allow them to. But they're also receptacles of doubt and fear and anxiety if we allow it to. Right? The same situation can give someone anxiety and the other person it may not. Or one situation may give you anxiety and frustration in your life, and then a month later it may not affect you at all. It just depends how you receive it. And so when we focus on the blessings that we already have, we accentuate a state of blessedness. And when you accentuate a state of blessedness, guess what you do? You open yourself up for more blessings. Why? Because when you... Prove to God that they, I'm paying attention. He, he said this. Jesus said this. He said, he said if, if you were, are faithful over a little bit that I give you, then I'll give you more. That's basically what he's saying. If you will choose to focus on what I've given, if you'll choose to work on what I've given you, if you'll choose to, to let, let what I've given you blossom and grow and take root in your life. But if we have a hard heart, and we don't let the Word of God take root, then it won't grow like it wants to. No, it's the same seed. It's the same sower of the seed. Or if we let distractions and things in our life choke out the growth of God's blessings in our life, then it's hard for Him to continue to plan in your life. Why? Because you haven't been faithful. So I challenge you today, be faithful for what you have right now. Can anybody think of right now what you're blessed with? If you need a hint, just take a deep breath. We're blessed with breath, right? We can breathe, right? If you walked in here today, be thankful that you can walk in here. My brother last year lost one of his legs, and I'm thankful. I am more thankful for my legs than I ever was because I love my brother, and I feel bad that he lost one of his legs, but I'm thinking, man, I'm thankful that I have both of mine, right? You ever see someone who has these things? But I'll tell you this. He actually has a more grateful spirit now than he did then sometimes. He will tell you that. He's like, man, this has caused me to focus on the good things I have in life. And that's huge. There's a study that shows that people actually grow through trauma. That people who go through cancer, that they come out on the other side more positive than they've ever been in their life. And, and, and when they're survivors of something traumatic, it, it allows them or forces them sometimes to focus on the right things. We should be doing that all along. 
There's a marvelous section of the Apostle Paul's letter to the Philippians where he connects several big ideas that taken together teach us how to live with a state of peace and contentment. Philippians 4 and 6, the New Living Translation says this, Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. There's a, there's a novel idea. Instead of worrying over it, instead of being frustrated about it, pray about it. Give it to somebody who can actually do something with it. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. Then you'll experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. Not Him. He understands. But anything we can understand. Because there's a lot of things you don't understand in your life sometimes. And you get frustrated when you try to to just worry over it and, and fix it yourself. He says, if you want to experience peace that transcends human understanding then you need to tell God what you need while thanking Him for what you already have. For what you already have. And then he offers a secret how to pray with thanksgiving in Philippians 4 and 8, then LT as well. Now here, now dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. I want to step back for a second. Fix your thoughts on what is true. You know some of the greatest worries that you have in your life are about things that aren't necessarily true, like you're hypothesizing what could happen, right? Anybody ever, you ever get super stressed about what ifs? Yeah? You ever had that? I found myself like, what if? Like there's certain things in my life that causes like anxiety, and I have to, to, to quell it, to, to get it back in its place. As Paul says, I have to take captivity every thought that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. What does that mean? The knowledge of God is that I'm his child. So I know he's not only my God, he's my father. And he wants good things for me, so why would I be expecting bad things? We project out bad things so many times. Things that aren't true, <laughs> that have no substance that if we would just take it in context and look at it as it is, we would see right through the falsity of the fear that tries to crop up in our lives. Can I tell you, there is a false fear that tries to knock on your door every day. It will let itself in if you will allow it, and it will take up residence in your life. But you don't have to. You don't have to. Kevin Gerald wrote a book called Mind Monsters, and he made a profound statement in that that just stuck with me over the years. And that profound statement is this. Guess the only person who controls your thoughts, guess who it is? It's you. It's you. And so we shouldn't worry about what's untrue. We should focus on what's true, what's honorable, what's right, what's pure and lovely, admirable. When you talk about psychologists, there's a psychology lesson right there. Philippians 4, 11 through 13 says this in, in furtherance of this thought. Not that I was ever in need, for I have learned how to get along happily, whether I have much or little. Paul is talking here about a mindset. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of contentment in every situation, whether it be a full stomach or a hunger or plenty, or want, for I can do everything God asked me to do with the help of Christ who gives me strength and power. 
The secret to deep contentment and happiness is not being filled with everything and having everything you want, but understanding that he's all I want and he's all I need. Or he's all I need. You may want some other things. Paul was not what's called a Pollyanna. Anybody, you guys know what a Pollyanna is? A Pollyanna is someone who, who has just like kind of silly optimism, you know? They're optimistic about everything. I mean, there's a missile coming at you, and you're like, "Woo! I've got something optimistic to think about it. And, and listen, there's some reality. Sometimes if a missile's coming at you, you need to move out of the way, right? Don't be optimistic, that, too optimistic about some things. But optimism is important. Paul's not a, a Pollyanna where he just thinks everything is sunshine and roses. He's a realist, but he's talking about the power of focus. He had no trouble being transparent about his troubles. He wrote about his, his troubles to the, in his letter to the Philippians when he was in prison. He was in prison for preaching that Jesus was Lord and not Caesar. He was not happy to be in prison, but he was happy while he was in prison. Right? You don't have to be happy about a problem, but you can be happy in a problem. Why? Because I'm focusing on my father. I know that he's got something better in store. It doesn't matter what's going on right now. It doesn't matter what I see because he knows better than what I know. I've just got to shift my focus sometimes from what I'm actually looking at to what he wants me to look at. It's fascinating that while Paul was in prison in AD 62 that he wrote these words to the Philippians because part of the story of how Paul started the church in Philippi approximately 10 years earlier includes one of the most famous prison breaks in history. Acts chapter 16, where Paul and Silas are in the, in the jail at the midnight hour, and they were praying. You guys remember that story? Yeah? They were praying, and they were singing, not because of, of them being in prison. It wasn't like, whoa, happy day, we got locked up. No. But it was happy day because I know that he's got something better. I know that he's not just my God. He's my father as well. He's a faithful friend. He's a counselor. He's everything I need. And so they started focusing on who instead of what. If we will focus on who in our life instead of what, it'll get us through so many things. It'll break the bonds. It'll break the chains. It'll break the prisons that sometimes we live in. Open. I'm not talking a physical, about a physical prison necessarily with us, but a lot of us live in emotional and anxiety prisons sometimes in our life. And if we was learn to be just more thankful and more focused on the good things, I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not diminishing people's issues that they have. I'm not diminishing that at all, but I'm trying to tell us a, a truth that the Bible tells us that is what we focus on and what we give our attention to and what we give our energy to. Is what matters. Sometimes we give our energy to the wrong things, right? We spend our days and our time and our nights just worrying over something that, as the old saying goes, this old country saying, it says, doesn't amount to a hill of beans. Anybody ever heard that before? Yeah. It, it, it's, they're making a mountain out of a molehill. And, and it sounds silly, but it's true. We've all done it before. I mean, we've built, like, I'm telling you, there's been times in my life in the, in the past when, when one thing went on, and, and I started building up, well, what if this happens? Well, what if this is going on? And, and suddenly there, I have a drama in my mind. Can anybody relate? Yeah? Just to find out that, man, it was, it was something totally different. It, was, it wasn't even what I thought it could have been. Instead of rationally looking at it, we irrationally look at it. 
and we forget about our God, our Father. So the church in Philippi, they began with a dramatic demonstration of God's power of chains being broken. And Paul describes himself being in chains for Christ. Philippians 1 and 13 says this, It has become clear throughout the whole palace garden to everyone that I am in chains for Christ. You know, I heard a preacher say, you know, Craig Rochelle said this. He said they, they thought they were chaining the Paul to the guard, but they were chaining the guard to Paul because he got to preach to every one of them. They were with him for eight hours at a time. And, and most of them were converted. Why? It wasn't because Paul was like, oh, this is horrible. This is ridiculous. I don't know. I didn't deserve this. Right? I'm going to tell you, that may have been me if I'd have been Paul. I'm like, this is stupid. I'm like, this is, this is wrong. I've been robbed and robbed. But Paul preached the joy of Jesus to them. And there is something amazing about somebody who's going through issues and you know they're going through and you're like, man, what, what, what in the world do you have to be happy for? And yet they're focusing on the good instead of the bad. They're positive. They're not powerless, but they're full of power. And that is what changes others' lives. Remember, you've got to remember this, that God works out his purposes in and through our lives in different ways and through different seasons. Understanding this, that you've got different seasons in your life. Sometimes he accomplishes what he wants through jailbreaks, and other times he accomplishes what he wants by Someone being in jail. Now, I'm not saying that we're going to go get in jail. Don't do that. Don't go do, well, preacher said go do something crazy, get in jail. No, no, don't do that. Don't blame that on me. What I am saying is circumstance. Sometimes you're in a circumstance for a reason. That you can grow, that you can help others. And when you understand that, that seasons are not permanent, right? Seasons are not permanent in life. Seasons are not permanent in the year. They're not permanent in your life either. They'll come and they'll go. Circumstances will arise. And these circumstances, you allow it, will give credibility. Just like in Paul's admonishment to the Philippians in Philippians 4, verse, uh, chapter 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Don't be anxious about anything. That sounds easy to say. But if you practice, it becomes more easy, Right? Don't be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. It doesn't mean that you're going to be satisfied with where you're at. Contentment doesn't necessarily mean that you're satisfied. Can I tell you, if, if you'd asked Paul whether he wanted to be in prison or not, he would have said, I don't want to be in prison. But being content in prison and, and satisfied, you can ask for God for blessings and for relief and for, for help. It doesn't mean that you've got to just sit and be silent but you can praise your way through it. You can get through it. And that's allowing God to open up the windows of heaven and pour out blessings in your life and give you what you need. He says, ask everything to God, your request to God. I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. And I've learned the secret of being content in, in, in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or want. Giving thanks to God. In all circumstances. First Thessalonians says that. Give thanks to God in all circumstances, for this is the will of God. This is the will of God for me to give thanks in the middle of what's going on in my life. Yes, it is. To be thankful 
not for the problem, but in the problem. To be thankful in the situation, not necessarily for the situation. We've got to learn that our focus should be on all on him and all things, our blessings and all things. We've got the ability to choose what we focus on in every circumstance. It says this in the Bible, it says that we, we can do all things through Christ, right? But it's through Christ, not that we can just do all things, but it's through Christ. Thankfully, we're not told to be thankful for every situation, like I said, it's, but it's in every situation. We are to be thankful in all circumstances. There's a uh, book that I read when I, was, when I was a kid, and it was uh, Robinson Crusoe. You guys remember Robinson Crusoe? Yeah? Yeah, it was, it was amazing. It was like, man, I want to go. I do not, after watching, uh, was it Castaway? I don't want to be Robinson Crusoe, right? So, but in Daniel Defoe's Robinson Crusoe, one of the most popular stories, we see that he, he uh, sets out and he gets, he gets shipwrecked and he gets cast out on an island and endures severe bouts of loneliness and depression and and during a a, a particularly painful time during that story begins to panic and predict devastation then he decided to write a two column list of good and evil can I tell you that's important to do sometimes when you feel like everything's bad just, just make a mental list of what's good and what's bad in your life and under the evil column, he wrote, I'm cast upon a horrible, desolate island, void of all hope of recovery. And he countered this good with statement with, with his good statement, but I'm alive and not drowned, as all of my ship's company was. Crusoe continued and said, I have no soul to speak to or relieve me, but God wonderfully sent the ship in near enough to the shore that I've gotten out so many necessary things as to live that I have the supplies that I need. And so he closed his compare and contrast with these words. Upon the whole, here was an undoubtable, undoubted testimony that there was scarce any condition in the world so miserable, but there was something negative or something positive to be thankful for in it. In spite of his circumstances, he made the decision to focus on the good. Can I tell you, in anything that goes wrong in your life, look for the positive. Count your blessing. When things are going great, choose to see them going great. You know, there's a great statement that says, it's never as bad as it is, as you think it is, and you're never as good as you think you are, right? And so you've got to have some balance in life. When things are going great, remember, that's a season in your life. Be thankful for it. And when things are going bad, be thankful for the good things that you're going towards or that are in your life at that moment. You know, the story of the ten lepers in Luke chapter 17 gives a story of, uh, of someone who the same exact thing happens. One chooses to focus on the good while others choose to focus on the bad. One of them, when he saw he was healed, the Bible says, it was ten lepers that got healed by Jesus, came back praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And Jesus asked the obvious question. He said, where's the other nine? Where's the other nine? The other nine, while they were miraculously healed from a crazy disease, had already moved on. Had already almost forgotten about it. But this one guy chose to focus on why and who instead of what. If we're not careful, we'll be there. 
God does desire to bless us, but if we have a constant focus on future blessings and even promised blessings, we can miss the beauty of the already and the present. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to end here. Life happens. Life happens. You're going to always have an opportunity to complain. You're always, always going to have an opportunity to, to praise and to, to give thanks as well, no matter what, right? The Robinson Crusoe, I'm, I'm on a desolate island, but I could be dead, so I'm thankful that I'm not dead, right? At least I have everything I need. And as music can, music can come, I want to tell you a story of, of this because life happens. You know, we get to focus on what we choose to focus on. C.S. Lewis says that in every human story, as in divine history, there are two catastrophes. The first is utter ruin, the catastrophe of disintegration, undoing the end of life as we know it, and the life extinguished in death's dark triumph, the crucifixion. So even the cross in its, in its, in its ugliness brought a beauty of truth that we're able to be healed and helped. And I remember when my oldest son was, was, was probably about three years old, I put him to bed every night. And humanity is summed up in kind of what we would go through, sometimes, what we deal with sometimes. And what we would go through almost every, every night for a while there, I'd say, man, how was your day? How was, how was everything today? And he would tell me about something that just had just wrecked his day. And then he would get a little emotional. He's three years old now, you know, three or four. And he would just tell me how bad things were. I was like, man, wow. And then I would go through a list with him. I said, but do you have a house to live in? Yeah. Do you have a nice bed to sleep in? Yeah. Do you have food today? Did, did you eat today? Yeah. And I could just, you know, as I talked, his, his furrowed brow would start to relax a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> and he would, he would change his attitude a little bit. And this, this went on for probably about a month. Every night we'd talk about it, and he would choose to focus on just a negative thing. It was just, man, this had wrecked his day. And I, did you have toys to play with today? Yes, yeah. And I would just make a list of all the good things. And then at the end, I would say, see, you, you had a pretty good day, didn't you? Right? I guess so. <laughs> And it was a, when I was getting ready for the sermon this week, I, I really thought of that and, and, and how that kind of paints the picture of what we do in our lives. We can be like Paul and praise God through the circumstance and focus on the good things. Or we can be like us sometimes, right? And just start focusing on the bad and telling everybody how bad it is. And become that negative Nelly, that 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 person who 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 doesn't receive the word of grace and truth and abundance, and apply it, but they just hear it and it's just like the hard stony ground, it just bounces off. It doesn't take any root. And no matter how many good things are going on in our life, because I can tell you this: the more you focus on negativity and negative things, the more, the the bigger the doors open for other things that are negative to come in your life. The more you praise God for the good things, then you're faithful over the few things you've given, He's given to you. And He'll give you more. He'll give you more. 
And just like my son, you know, sometimes I have to remind myself about the good things in my life. And when I get frustrated and irritated and aggravated, and that's easy to do, right? Like, I have found myself worked up on the, I tell you, being on the phone with customer service people drives me nuts. Right? Anybody, anybody, yeah? I mean, it will just get me just, just livid. And then, then I'll get off the phone and my wife will be like, was that necessary? I'm like, no, but it happened. Anyway, right? And, and what it is is I have chosen to take something small and let it rule my attitude, my day. Instead of taking the good and let it rule my day. Can I tell you the same thing that part of your brain that gives you, gives you anxiety and frustration? Again, you give thanks through that. You focus on blessing through that. And you choose what to do. There's always something good to look at. You don't have to stay in a broken down state. I made this statement to so many people before and given counsel that, listen, it's okay to be where you're at. It's not okay to stay there. Rise up in praise. Rise up in blessedness. Rise up in thanksgiving. Giving thanks in all things to God. And I, I wonder if we, at this, at this end, if we could just all stand to our feet and just lift our hands for a moment. And I want you to, if you could do this practice with me, close your eyes. Close your eyes and, and think about something that gave you frustration today. Or if, if you're not like me, I, you know, I'd probably find something this morning that gave me frustration. If you have to look back a day or two, God bless you. <laughs> we are working on getting there <laughs> as well. But just, if you want to raise your hands, do that. But just close your eyes and take that negative thing and, and literally mentally push it to the side and replace it with three or four positive things. I had food. I had shelter. I've got a family that loves me. I've got a God that cares for me. I've got a church that I can go to. I've got people that are pray for me. I've got a car that drives. I've got, I've got a home. I've, I, I've had food. I've got clothes. There, there's so many things that you could choose in your life that some of us just choose to focus on the wrong things but we're blessed we're blessed come on say that we're blessed come on let's say it with, with a little conviction we're blessed come on one more time with a little energy we're blessed you're blessed you're blessed today so let's live blessed let's live blessed lives. I wonder if we could just lift our hands and praise as they sing
his face shine upon be gracious to you the Lord turn his face towards you and give peace sing that again the Lord bless you His face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn His face towards you and give.